Turn our Bibles to John chapter 10. And uh, before I get into the word today, I, there is an announcement I had to verify before I made it. And I did verify it that I was allowed to make it. But uh, I wanted to announce our joy in finding out that uh, Sister Devin is pregnant again. So praise God for that. Yeah. So be praying for her and her health and uh, the family as well. Um, John chapter 10, verses 22 through 42 is what I'm reading this morning. So you can follow along with me. At, the time, at that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long would you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you and you did not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? The Jews answered him, It is not for a good work that we are going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, Make yourself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? I said, You are all gods. If, you, if he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father consecrated and sent into the world, You are blaspheming, because I said, I am the Son of God? If I am not doing the works of my Father, then do not believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, Believe the works that you may uh, know, so that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Again, they sought to arrest him, but he escaped their hands. He went away again across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing at first, and there he remained. And many came to him, and they said, John did no sign, but everything that John said about this man was true, and many believed in him there. That is the word of the Lord. So today we uh, conclude the Good Shepherd, which takes up all of chapter 10. In reality, it's like I said, it's really closely connected to John chapter 9 as well. Those two uh, verses, in order to understand the parable to its truest sense, you have to, you have, to have those two uh, chapters together. But um, we can see that the time period after the parable, there's some time that has taken place after this parable was originally taught um, at, in the first half of John chapter 10. And what we, what I just read is basically an outworking of that parable. So what I mean by that is Jesus taught this parable at one point, and then some time passed, and then it's an outworking of the parable of what he had taught uh, to the Jewish leaders. Um, at that time, there were people who were uncertain about their future, right? They were uncertain about their future, and, and everybody was looking for safety and security. Does that sound familiar to the day? Uh, you know, we're no different today. And in that time period, Christ came to save sinners, right? So 
you fast forward over 2,000 years, not much has changed in, uh, with people. Uh, we are still uncertain about our future, looking for safety and security. And just like them, uh, we need to be careful not to miss the boat, not to miss the fact that Christ came to save sinners. And uh, he came to save us and uh, not only save us, but to, to lead us as well and to place hope in our hearts. And uh, sadly, many don't look past the temporal or physical realm of life when, it, when, when I talk about this good future that they're looking at. Uh, by that, I mean people look to money. Um, they look to retirement. They look to relationships. They look to all kinds of different things uh, for this safety and security. But the true safety and security is only found in Christ. Um, as I said, people put money away. Um, I don't want to paint that as a negative thing. We need to do that. I think it's very wise for us to do that. But where, where the line is crossed is when we place our hope in the money we have put away. Right? When, this, when this is our God, and if that is taken away, then our life is over. No, that's just something that God has blessed you with. We don't put our faith in money. We don't put our faith in possessions. We don't put our faith in anything else other than God who has blessed us with all those things. And that's something that we have to remember. Also, I think something that's very um, prudent for today, we do not put our faith in our health, right? Because we know that outwardly we are wasting away. The Bible tells us that. That's no secret. We, we all get older and as we get older we 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 struggle physically uh so outwardly we're wasting away but inwardly we are being renewed day by day so so we don't put our faith all of our faith in our health um because that's fleeting we don't know if we're going to be in good health today and bad health tomorrow but we do know that christ came to die for our sins he has given us faith in him and he is the goal of our faith that's what we know and that's what's that's where we find our security, and that's where we find our safety. But see, the dream, the American dream, is to um, you know put away money. Uh, people make the right; they try to make the right career choices to set themselves up for a better future. Uh, the dream is to be able to retire at a young age. Uh, I, I've even heard some people talk about retiring at 55. That used to be the dream long time ago. You know, when I was little, I used to hear my 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 father talk about retiring at 55. Uh, he didn't get to retire to much later, you know, but some people look to 55 or even younger people are retiring just to be able to go do whatever they want. So that's the American dream, not to have to work and to own everything you have and basically to, to travel. And I, I think the, the passion with traveling is just the fact that you get to do what you want and you don't have to have anybody tell you what to do. Again, those are wonderful things that uh, if the Lord blesses with you, blesses you with those things, that's a wonderful thing. Um, it's a good and godly thing. It can be. Uh, but it, it is wise to invest in one's future, but money will only get you so far. And when we look at money, the reason why I bring that up is that there is something more important than retirement. There's more something more important than possessions. Um, there's something more important that we have to get ready for. And this passage here um, really speaks about that, about what we find or where we find our safety and security or in whom we find our true safety and security. Um, 
So there are plenty of ways that we can secure for us a good future, but only one way matters. And that, that is found in Christ, only in Christ. The Bible says that he is the good shepherd and that he is the one who leads us to eternal life. And that's the main message of John chapter 10. Our passage today teaches us that there is no security like the one that the good shepherd offers to us. Uh, and he offers it not to people who deserve it, but to people who do not deserve it. Uh, a holy God offers this type of safety and security to sinners like us. Praise be to God. Yes, thank you, Lord, for that. Um, maybe here today you've made a mess of your life. Maybe that's the case. Maybe you and, 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 and through your sin you've made a, a mess of your life and maybe at this point you don't see a, a solid future for yourself. You don't see this uh, secure and safe future. Uh, but I want to remind you that Jesus Christ, the shepherd of your soul, he died for you as well. And even though your future doesn't seem safe and secure now, it's because you're placing your hope in things that don't matter. You need to place your hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you do that, then your future will be safe and secure, at least in the areas where it really matters. But I, I want to talk about that, and I want to dive into this passage to see what it says about our eternal safety and security in Christ. Very first thing I notice is um, at, the, at the end of John chapter 10, we are fast forwarded. And it tells us basically that it doesn't tell us how much time has passed. It just lets us know that time has passed. And it specifically says that it's winter time. And it, it uh, indicates that it's a feast of dedication. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, with a feast of dedication, you won't see that in the Old Testament anywhere. It's not a festival that, that Israel celebrated in the Old Testament. It was relatively new. Um, it's basically, it, it is Hanukkah. It's the, the, the holiday of Hanukkah, and that happened after the Old, Test Old Testament was, was uh, written. So it's a, a newer type of festival that uh, these Jews were uh, celebrating. And it's winter time, and Jesus, we can see that Jesus moves his teaching from the open fields to um, you know, confined space where it's a little bit warmer and out of the element. So that's the whole reason why he was in the uh, colonnade of uh, Solomon. And that was located in the Gentile court of the temple. So he's there teaching, uh, but there are Jews around because, of course, Jews could go uh, pretty much, well, not anywhere in the temple, but they were especially allowed there. That was the most outer place. Uh, while teaching there, the Jews asked Jesus, if you are the Christ, they said, tell us plainly. You know, again, they're, they're looking for security, they're looking for safety, they're wanting to make sure, are you really the one that God has sent uh, to save Israel? Problem is, they were looking for security and safety the wrong way. They were looking for Jesus to be their king, and they really didn't see him as a king or someone who could be a king, so they were trying to reject him. So really here, they're not trying to find out if he's truly the Christ, they're really trying to set him up and set a trap for Jesus. Um, if Jesus would plainly say that he was the Christ, then they would have had enough uh, to arrest him. And that's what, that was their point, and that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to arrest him for blasphemy. So if he would have plainly just said, you know what, I am the Christ. Right there and then, he would have been shackled and, and taken away. Um, the thing is, though, is that Jesus had revealed himself as Christ to people one-on-one. -on -one. Um, if you 
remember the conversation he had with Nicodemus and also with the Samaritan woman. Uh, he plainly told them who he was. Uh, but to other people, he taught them. He taught them that he was the Christ. But these people that he taught them, that, that he taught, they just didn't get it. And the Jewish religious leaders were uh, an example of that. They didn't catch or didn't accept what he was teaching. And I have several examples here. Um, John chapter 1. Uh, this is not Jesus teaching, but this is as, 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 as explicit as you can get when you are calling Jesus the Christ. And it comes from John the Baptist. Uh, if you will remember that uh, when Jesus came to John the Baptist, John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He, he announced that. And there was, there was all sorts of people around there. And that was the, the initial announcement made of Jesus um, in the book of John. So uh, that was an announcement that was made that was pretty explicit about him being the Christ. Then John chapter 6, Jesus taught everybody. He said, I am the bread of life. He says, whoever feeds on me will live forever. That was a direct teaching that I am the Christ. Your forefathers, they ate manna in the wilderness and they died. But whoever feeds on me will live forever. And he was saying, this is who I am. God has sent me. He also, in uh, John chapter 8, he said, I am the light of the world. Right? I am the light of the world. And then he also said in John chapter 8, before Abraham was, I am Basically saying, I am, my, my name is the same name as, as, as God, as he uh, revealed to Moses in Exodus chapter 3. Before Abraham was, I am. And what did they do? They picked up stones to stone him, but he disappeared and they couldn't find him. Um, and then also in John chapter 10, he said, I am the door. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then he said, I am the good shepherd. You see, all these teachings were to show people that he was the Christ. The problem is, is that the Jews who heard these teachings, the religious leaders, and then others who heard and rejected Christ, they didn't accept what he was teaching. So Jesus points to them the reason why they did not accept his proclamation as the Christ. Listen to this in verse 26. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. That's the reason there. He says, man, the works that I do, there is no doubt. You cannot deny that I'm doing these by the Father's power. The reason you don't believe is because you were never meant to believe. You are not from my sheep. You're not amongst the Father's sheep. See, their hard and deceitful hearts refuse to recognize uh, the validity of his claim through what he taught and the works that he had performed. They just, whatever he did, they were not going to believe that he was the Christ. So in other words, his works were evident of his deity. His works were evident that he was the Christ, but they refused to humble themselves in order to see it. His works were evidence, or they would not see it because they were not among his sheep. See, in, in the New Testament, we find out that uh, in order to have faith, we need the Spirit. The Spirit gives us the power to see uh, those things that are from God. Uh, they did not have the Spirit. They could not see the things from God. They could not decipher those things. Uh, the, so it's, 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 an, it's an enormous thing to find out why uh, they didn't accept Christ as Christ. 
Um, and then earlier in John chapter 10, Jesus said, the sheep hear my voice and he calls his own sheep by name and then he leads them out. See, this points to the sovereignty of God in him choosing his sheep. Uh, the sheep were given to him by the father and they were made through him and they were made for him. He not only knew the sheep by name, but he is the one who named them. He not only named them and called them, but he was also the one who, he's also the one who leads them out and uh, leads them away from the other sheep. They become his sheep and they follow him. With his words here, Jesus is emphasizing the fact that those who reject him would be rejected by him. They did not accept him because they were not part of his sheepfold and they would be rejected by him. They would miss out on the blessings of being a part of his people, of being a part of, of, of his sheepfold. And Jesus concluded this statement with a beautiful picture of the care that only he can provide for his sheep. And that's what we're going to focus on for the rest of the sermon. Um, in this verse, we find our ultimate safety and security for a good future. And this is what I hope is going to be extremely uh, encouraging for you today especially in the light of what we are dealing with uh, concerning the uh, coronavirus and anything else that's happening today. Um, Jesus already made the claim that he, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He said that in, in verse 10 of John chapter 10. When Jesus said that, he was talking about the religious leaders who were accusing him of sin. Uh, and they were accusing him of sin for healing the man who was born blind. But he, on the other hand, said that he came, uh, he came that his sheep may have life and have it abundantly. And the way that Jesus would provide this abundant life was going to the cross and dying for us. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He said that in verse 11. Now, this is what we have to understand. The implications of him laying down his life for us is that we live life, are we have life and we have it to the full. And we have life to the full for eternity. That's the implications of the good shepherd dying for us. We have life to the full and we have it for eternity. And that's why he leads us to eternal life. And Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. Yes. Thank you, Lord. See, this is where, this is where we get to celebrate in, in, in what God has done for us. Um, this is where we get to, our, our, our hope is, is, is built up. We get to be encouraged, um, and we are strengthened through words like this. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. Now, think about that in the light of what's going on today. You know, today there the whole world has gone crazy about everything that's happening and everyone is just deathly afraid of everything. But see, as the church, as his people, we get to hang on verses like this where Jesus has told us that he has given us eternal life and that we will never perish. Now, does that mean that we won't be affected by things today? No, that does not mean that. Perish points to life after death, eternal life, right? So he's not talking about the physical realm here. He's talking about the spiritual realm. 
that we will never perish. We will never uh, be destroyed. Jesus here is specifically talking about, again, the second death. And this is after all has been judged. The focus is not the power of, the li- of life itself, but on, on Jesus' power. Um, the fact is, is that no one, no one can snatch us out of his hand. Not the wolf, not the thief, not the robber, not anybody. And that's what our passage communicates to us today. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, they follow me, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. What a beautiful and uh, wonderful verse for us to really focus on uh, today in the light of everything that is happening. Um, Not only that, but he continues on. He says, And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me, he is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Church, I, I, I hope that you are really focusing on these verses. And I pray that you are placing your hope on what is being said here by our Lord and Savior. You see, because this, this requires faith. It's one thing to read it and to say, okay, that sounds beautiful, but in order to practice it, to believe it, it requires faith. Because these are things that sometimes in our future, we, we cannot see a secure future. We cannot see a safe future. And it requires us to believe God at his word. God has already said that my sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. Now, here's a question for you this morning. Are you believing God at his word? If you're believing God at his word, then there's a certain way that you have to respond to all of this. And it's not out of a fearful heart. Right. For God did not give us a spirit of fear but of sound mind, right? So uh, this is the time for us as a church to be a light in a dark place. This is the time for us as a church to show the strength of Christ that lives in us, the spirit of the Lord that directs us. This is a time where we have to be different than the rest of the world. Now, this doesn't equate for us to us making fun of the rest of the world because of what they are doing. But this is the opportunity for us to point them to Christ. Now, I think we get to have a little bit of fun at at some of their expense because some of the things that are being done are a little crazy. But as for us, our hope is not in anything in this world. Our hope is in Christ alone. And that's what we have to remind ourselves every single day because Probably, I'm willing to bet that things are going to get worse before they get better. And it's easy for us to make this proclamation now and to say, well, I'm I'm going to believe God at his word. That will be tested. And I'm not just talking about with this coronavirus, but I'm talking about as we continue to live on. The Bible continues to tell us that we are going to struggle more and more as time goes on. Are we going to believe God at his word? That, number one... We are his. He has given us eternal life and we will never perish. Number two, we cannot be ripped away from him. Are we going to believe God at his word when he is saying that? I hope 
I hope that we do. See, this verse has power to it. It's just a, a, a wonderful promise to us. And the power of this verse or this blessing comes to us by the fact that Jesus and the Father are one. That's how important that proclamation is. Jesus is the one saying this, and he's saying basically, I'm speaking from the Father, the Father and I. What I'm saying is factual and true. You can place your faith in it. What I'm saying is the same as the Father because the Father and I are one. So we look at this verse and we know that this is God speaking to us. Because Jesus and the Father are one. We may know that, but the people he was speaking to, they did not know that. Jesus made that announcement to them. And again, again, he's proclaiming to be the Christ. They're not willing to accept it. See, he is the one whom the Father consecrated and sent into the world. That was John 10, 36. He is the Christ and the Father and him are one in every sense of the word. In other words, like the Father, Jesus is God and he has the power to choose, to save, to lead, to preserve uh, anyone he wants for eternal life. He has that power. And if you are in Christ today, your future is safe and secure because of the Good Shepherd. Now, this last part, I, I want to bring some application to this. I know I've already talked about some of the things that we ought to do, but I think these things are important too. As we contemplate this enormous blessing that is exclusively bestowed upon the church, first of all, our hearts should be filled with joy and our souls with hope because we worship such a great God. Plain and simple. That's our initial reaction, that we're just praising the Lord for the promises he's made to us and, 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 and for him uh, that he's 100% going to come through with them. A God who has chosen to save us despite our rebellion, who uses us despite our inadequacies, and who preserves us despite our wayward heart, that is a God to be worshipped. And that's what we need to do. But also... We need to remember the context of this verse and why Jesus is saying all this and how, how we get to this promise. I, I want to look back at the man born blind, and I want to use him as the, as the great example he is of, of the shepherd's care for us. Again, I'm tying John, 10 and, John 9 and 10 together because they, they are so important together. But when we look back at, at him as the example we know that he was a man created for the works of God to be displayed in him, right? So in other words, he was created for God's glory. We also know he was an outcast and a beggar. So we know that, his, we know that he was a sinful man. He was a sinful man and did not deserve to be healed by God. Uh, we also know he was incapable of seeing Christ. He was, uh, this was a sign of his spiritual uh, paralysis, or rather he was spiritually dead, but Christ saw him and healed him. This is the election of God. This is where God is the one who chooses us. See, through his life and ours, people will see the glory of God. It's, it's no different. He is us. We are him. And we serve a great God who is the good shepherd. The same God who took care of him and gave us a lesson there is the same God who is watching over us. And he has already made the promise that he, is, he has given us eternal life and that we will never perish. So living in the safety and security of the Father, 
should change the way we think about things and it should change the way we live. Jesus has already promised to preserve those whom he has called and whom he has saved. That means, number one, that means we cannot lose our salvation and we should shamelessly live with that certainty. And what I mean by that is don't let anybody guilt you into not thinking that is, that is, not, that is true. Did I say that right? That is not true. Live with confidence, rather, that you are saved. You don't have to, like, be ashamed of the fact that you know 100% that you are saved. Because there are people in this world who do not realize that, and they, look, and they will look at you and they'll say, how in the world can you be certain? How can you be sure? And the answer to that is simple, because I have placed my faith in Christ. But they don't think that way. They think, how can you be perfect? If you are not perfect, then how can you be certain you're saved? That's our answer is, I don't have to be perfect. I place my faith in the one who is perfect. Right? He is the one who died for us. He is the one who paid the price. He is the one, his blood is the one who it cleanses us. So if we are saved by God, our passage today tells us that no one will rip us out of his hand. He's already given us eternal life. He leads us out and we shall not perish. No one will snatch you out of his hand. We can be safe and secure in the Lord. See, but many people struggle with this, as I said, because their salvation is based on their good works, at least they think it is. And they are tossed to and fro, and, and they doubt because they cannot live a perfect life. See, these people, these people need to realize, and if this is you this morning, I hope you realize that if it were possible for you to lose your salvation, um, we would have never been able to earn it. There's nothing that we could have done to be able to earn it. If you can lose it, that means you had to earn it. Christ earned it for you. He cannot lose it. The price he paid on the cross, he paid once and for all. Nothing can wipe away what he's done. So our salvation is not based on what we've done, but rather our faith in Christ. The goodness of Christ is what maintains our salvation and secures us in God's grace. This is what Hebrews 10, 14 says, For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. So there we have a wonderful promise of our security and our safety in Christ. Now, I don't want to just end there. I want to throw in one more thing for us to consider. If we are taken care of so well by a sovereign God, then let me ask this, why do we live by fear? As I, if I, as I said, there are millions of people throughout the world living in fear of the coronavirus this morning. Now, again, I don't want to downplay the virus, and I think that we need to be prudent. In fact, I think I display that in, in, in announcing the things that we are doing here differently, just to watch over one another. Um, but we need to be careful in the way, and we also need to be careful in the way we conduct ourselves. But keep this in mind, 
If God is for you, who can stand against you? God is greater than all. And we need to understand that the fabric of our lives are held together by a sovereign Lord. No one, absolutely no one, will live one more second than what God has already determined for your life. Let me put it this way. You cannot accidentally die. For us, you, you can. I mean, we may have a category for that, but for God, there are no accidents. Not one more second than God has already determined, and nothing outside of God's will can happen to you. So when panic starts to settle into your hearts, this is what you need to do. You need to remember that you belong to the Good Shepherd. He has promised to complete the work that he started in you. Remember, he is the one who has given you eternal life. He leads you out. And under his care, you shall not perish. Let us pray.